Hey guys, welcome back to Let's Talk About It. I'm Jackie. I'm Megan. And today we're going to get to know Megan a little better. She's going to bring us through her faith journey, her, well, reversion is what I like to call mine, but just her journey (laughs) with Christ and the ups and downs of her relationship with Jesus and where she is now. So I'm excited to hear Megan's story. Woohoo. Yeah, so I mentioned this a little bit in Jackie's episode, um, but both of us are similar in that we grew up in the church. Um, I Obviously, I'm not Catholic. You probably know this by now, Um, but I did grow up in a Christian home. Both of my parents actually attended and graduated from a Bible college. My dad had a pastoral degree um, throughout my childhood. He was going through seminary. So I was very much familiar with Christianity, um, with God. My parents were really awesome in how they modeled for me a personal relationship with Jesus because they always did Bible times with us every night. They would go through a Bible study. It was, I was homeschooled. (laughs) Shout out to all my homeschoolers out there. So that means my mom decided that like having a Bible class was part of my um, (laughs) education. (laughs) So I always did church history, always had Bible classes. So there was those like family moments. But also I watched my parents just have their own personal times. My mom would wake up at Mm. 6 a.m. every day Mm. and read her Bible for an hour and journal and pray. That's beautiful. And I saw that like every day. Um, So that was just really something I'm grateful for that I had growing up. And because that was just so much a part of my life, I had a very close um, childlike relationship with Jesus. And there's so many times I just yearn to go back to that <laughs> because it was just really like Jesus was my friend yeah. and I never questioned God. I had this very like deep faith. I loved him so dearly. Um, he would, Jesus would comfort me in my nightmares. I talk about this in our episode about anxiety. I would pray all the time, like just like all day long. I would randomly just be like praying. Mm-hmm. It was just so like just a part of my life. I loved, I had like this little storybook Bible that had like pictures mm-hmm. and I loved it. Like I just thought it was so fun to read it. So I've read the Bible like so many times. Um, one of my Christmas gifts one year was my parents got me like a real Bible and I was like blown away. I was like, oh my goodness, I've graduated to the real Bible. (laughs) So I just love it. Um, I did have very vague memories because at this point I'm probably like six years old. So really young, but I did have really vague memories of my family being hurt by a church we go to. Mm. And because I was so young, obviously I had no idea what was going on. I just remember that one day the church was no longer there Mm. and our family literally moved to a different city to get away from everything that had happened so I didn't know what happened I just remember being confused because my parents just didn't attend church for a while Mm. because they were so hurt and when I would ask about it they I could just tell they didn't want to destroy my view of God Mm -hmm. because I was just so like God is amazing and never lets us down and he's so cool and so they didn't want to like share that part with me 
Um, but I was very confused. So I'd ask them, like, why don't we go to church? And they'd be like, well, let's just do our own little church at home. And I was like, what? That's not how it works. Mm. So I was just very confused. It wasn't until I was older that I actually found out what happened. Um, and maybe that's for a different episode. I would love to do one on navigating church hurt, maybe, because I've been through a lot. <laughs> but needless to say, it really affected my parents. Um, mm. But they eventually did start going back to a church. And I was so excited. I was like, oh, yay, church. So around, I can't remember, I have to ask my mom, I'm sure she would know. I was either eight years old or 10 years old. But around that time, I just like woke up one night and was praying just because I would do that, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is great. And I felt like so deeply, like I actually felt like I audibly heard his voice. I don't know. I was so young, it's hard to remember, but I felt like God told me directly, mm-hmm. like, I want you to get baptized. Um, and some of you, maybe you come from a background of infant baptism. I didn't. I came from a background where you had to be a, a believer. Mm. It's called believer's baptism. So I was like, okay. So that morning I just like told my parents, God wants me to get baptized. <laughs> <laughs> and they were like, oh, okay. Well, why don't you talk to like our pastor and our elders? So I was like, Okay. Because our church was, like, really hesitant baptizing children because they were like, okay, are they actually a Christian? Are they just saying it because their parents are? Mm -hmm. But I was, like, had no fear. I just, like, met with the elder board and our pastor, and they were like, okay, we're going to ask you a bunch of questions. I was like, yeah, go for it. (laughs) And they just, like, basically quizzed me, and they went through, like, our whole catechism and everything, and I was able to answer it. I was able to articulate the gospel and explain why I was saved and just even basic doctrine, and they were like, okay like what's stopping her from being baptized Mm -hmm. so I was the youngest one to get baptized that year I was so excited and happy and it was funny because I was also the first one in the line of people to get baptized Mm -hmm. and they forgot to heat the baptismal tub (gasps) and when I stepped in it was so freezing cold but like I just like didn't care because I was like elated I felt like I was floating and after me, everyone else gets in and they're like, oh my gosh, it's cold. And afterwards, people were like, Megan, why didn't you react? And I was like, that just like did not matter in the moment. Mm-hmm. I was so like happy and excited to be like announcing to everyone that I was a Christian. Um, so it's just really cool to look back. People said I looked like I was glowing. I was just so mm-hmm. happy and just had this really deep personal faith. And I know some people look back and they're like, Oh yeah, I thought I was a Christian when I was little, but I wasn't. Mm-hmm. And I can honestly say, no, I, I did have a relationship with Jesus. Mm-hmm. It has just shifted and kind of changed over time as I have grown. Yeah, it's so funny. We come from such different, I shouldn't say such different, but different backgrounds of faith and the way that we were baptized and such. But we both talk about that innocent childlike faith mm-hmm. in Jesus and that relationship with him which I agree. I talked about in my episode where I would love to go back to that. It's just such an innocent, Mm -hmm. just reliance on Jesus. And that's what we all ultimately want to be and want to get back at. You know, like Jesus tells us he wants us to be like children and come to him as children, just totally reliant on him. And I think it's that innocence. And then as we get older, things happen and it starts to jade jaded and stain (laughs) us and our faith in Jesus. But that part we both I feel like had that that just such innocent relationship with Jesus where we were just focused on him and totally surrendered to him and came to him just as a little child and it's just what a beautiful faith that is and children have this boldness with God and I think of the story 
in the gospels where all the children are running up to jesus and just jumping into his lap Mm -hmm. and everyone's like horrified they're like oh my goodness get these kids away like this is embarrassing this isn't how you act around a rabbi Mm -hmm. and jesus is like let the children come to me like you should all look at these children and wish you were them and i read that and it's like it's sad because as you know and i'll continue but as different things happened in my life different doubts came in one of the things I really struggled with was feeling like I couldn't approach God and not feeling like good enough to come to him mm-hmm. and just to like look at that and be like no Jesus wants me to run up and just sit on his yeah. lap and just be completely his and I am welcome to do that I am welcome to boldly approach the throne um, and I think we understand that as children and then we just kind of lose it and it's sad <laughs> that's it's like that's what you said we come to him without fear and this radical trust in him that when we jump he's going to catch us right and we don't we come with with boldness without fear and we just jump into his arms and we're like here we are jesus and we know he's going to catch (laughs) us take care of me yeah and as we get older we're afraid that god's going to reject us if Mm -hmm. we go to him that if we do jump he's not going to catch us yep and yeah i'll let megan continue on in her story yeah yeah kind of came in for her yeah so I mentioned this earlier, but my parents had experiences with being hurt by a church when I was young in the town I was born in, Um, but I just didn't, I was so young, it didn't really affect me. I always had kind of like questions, or it was like maybe in the back of my subconscious, but I just never really thought about it, Um, but then as I was growing up in this church, I just started seeing things, and they were things that hurt me, Mm. and I don't, I'm not saying this like bash my church that I grew up in or the people there, anything like that. So I'm not going to go into like too much detail. Um, But the pastor was rather controlling. And one thing that was really hurtful was my, here my dad was in seminary and he felt like he had this strong calling on his life to serve God and was just continually shut out of opportunities because Mm -hmm. the pastor didn't want to relinquish control Mm -hmm. and my dad really felt a calling to preach and wasn't allowed those opportunities um so eventually my dad was like well I feel like God's calling me to leadership and to serve the church and I'm like not able to so maybe this isn't where God wants us and one thing he really felt called to was evangelistic ministry which was something my church did not do and really in like the downtown Janesville area where I grew up because there was a lot of homeless population. He just really felt called to that area. Mm-hmm. And our church was like, that's fine, but we don't support you. So he was like, okay, I'll plant a church. So we went through Acts 29, a church planting organization. Um, they helped us plant a church. And just the whole time, this was when I was probably like more middle school age, I was just confused because here I had this belief that my church was there to support me in my walk and I felt like they were actively blocking Mm -hmm. me and trying to like harm my family or keep us from following God and it was confusing and one thing that happened um, and I feel like this could be like just a whole episode so yeah I won't go into detail but Basically, a really, really toxic family wanted to join our church plant. We didn't know they were really (laughs) horrible people, but our church did, and they still allowed them. Mm. And because of that, our church plant completely fell apart and failed. And 
I just felt so abandoned by God because I was like, what the heck? Here, like, we felt called by you. We stepped out in faith. We did what everyone says you're supposed to do, which is mm. trust God, step mm. out, do what he's calling you to do, and he'll back you up. He'll have, he'll support you. He'll be there for you. And that didn't happen, like, at all. The ministry completely failed. And I was, like, for the first time, really shook because I was like, wait, here I've never had a problem trusting God, but then the, I trusted him for something big, and he didn't come through. And so we went back to our church and we were placed under church discipline. And that meant one part of that was that we weren't allowed to be in any sort of ministry um, or serving opportunity Mm -hmm. because we were seen as not fit um, because we had to go through church discipline, (laughs) which was just very damaging to me because here I already felt like God had let me down or wasn't there for me or that. I was like, what went wrong? Like, was were we sinning that he didn't, like, support this ministry? And then to come back and just have that affirmed? Like, no, you're right. You were sinning. In fact, you're so sinful that you shouldn't serve God. Just, like, really crushed me. Um, so that's really when doubt started creeping in. And when I say doubt, it's not really that I ever doubted God existed which, Jackie, you were similar in this way, too. It's Mm -hmm. not that I was like, oh, is God real? For me, it was, I don't think God is who people have told me my whole Mm -hmm. life, which is really, like, that's sad. Like, believe, like, that God is this loving person that is, who wants to protect you and to be like, maybe he's not. Um, And I started really just feeling like he was far away and I felt abandoned. I felt very distant. So I kind of just fell into this thinking that, yeah, God existed, but he was just kind of off doing his own thing. Mm. Like, he wasn't involved in my life. He, just this very almost like deist view where, yes, God is there, but he's doing his own thing. I'm doing my own thing. I'm on my own. Like, mm-hmm. I have to, like, figure things out for myself. I don't, I can't depend on anyone. Um, and so that was just like a really dark period because I was really sad and hurt and I didn't feel like there was anyone I could go to because I didn't trust anyone at our church. I felt very hurt by them mm-hmm. and very angry at them. And my parents oh, were like probably having it even worse. And so they weren't really able to support me or really help me through this. So I just felt very alone and I felt like, you know, all my friends at the time went to this church. So I, yeah, just felt very dark um and abandoned and very angry yeah it's interesting i've had people in whatever denomination also you know in the catholic church that when people in your church fail you that reflects back on god and you feel as if he has left you as well or you know just that experience also stepping out in faith and feeling very called to do something and then it not working out and wondering god (laughs) where are you i did this for you and you didn't show up yeah and I think that's a common experience that a lot of people go through and it's because the church is Christ's body mm-hmm. we are the body of Christ and when Christ's body is acting so differently from who he is mm-hmm. it's just so hard to yeah. be like to not project that onto God exactly and yeah. my heart goes out to anyone who's experienced even worse things than I have from a particular church because yeah, it's yeah. it's different than other areas of life because that's like the place you think 
is going to be the most like God. And when people in that community really, really hurt you or really, really let you down, it, yeah, it's really shaking. <laughs> it mm-hmm. really shakes you. Um, and that's what it did for me. Um, so this is when I'm uh, probably around like a freshman in high school at this point. So I'm kind of like, you know what, whatever. Like I've come to terms with it. I'm the type of person, right, I really don't want to sit in bad emotions. I just want to, like, move on. So I was like, whatever. Um, So one of my friends at the time, um, her name was Hannah. Shout out to Hannah. She invited me to go to this Youth for Christ meeting. And I was like, "Uh, that's not really my thing. (laughs) Like, I'm really not into that anymore. Um, Mm -hmm. But she was like, no, it's, like, really fun. There's, like, a bunch of people it was for high schoolers and so she was like they play games like they hang out you can meet cute boys there and I was like well cute boys okay maybe (laughs) so I just kind of and I was back then I was very easily peer pressured like if you told me to do something I'd be like well okay (laughs) so I was like fine I'll go but like only if you go with me and she's like there is like a bible study and I was like okay fine I can sit through that whatever um she ended up having to bail on me because she had too much homework so I was like crap I'm not gonna go to this thing alone but my dad (laughs) forced me he was like no I'll drive you like you should go to this and I think he could sense that like something was off and that I just like really needed to go Mm -hmm. and I think that was the Holy Spirit I think the Holy Spirit was really pushing him because God knew I wasn't just gonna go on my own I needed to be pressured there um (laughs) so I remember this because I remember it was in the middle of winter it was like blizzarding out I'm from Wisconsin so it was doing its typical weather so it was snowing super hard. My dad drove me and I was standing outside the building just in like all this snow and it's like dark out. It's at night. And I was like, okay. And I made like a, like a vow to myself because I was so anxious. I was like, Megan, you're just going to go in. You're going to say hi to a few people. You're going to sit down. You're not going to say anything during the Bible study and then you'll leave and you'll be fine. And I was like, okay. So I walked in and the contrast of like being out in the dark snow in the cold and then walking in and just being immediately hit by like warmth and the light was really yellow and it was just such like a contrast that I just kind of stood there shocked Mm. and immediately like a ton of people ran up to me and they were like hi and everyone was so welcoming and I was like whoa what is this I'm not used to this this isn't what I was expecting and everybody just like drew me in and no one let me kind of like sulk off in a corner (laughs) and the leader his name was Larry and shout out to Larry. <laughs> shout out to Larry. <laughs> he, I, I swear, he is so in tune with the Holy Spirit. Like, it was like he knew immediately. And I was scared of him because when he looked at me, I was like, oh, I feel like he can see right through me. Like, he knows I'm a fake. Like, he knows I'm here, but I'm not really into this whole God thing. And he was just like, I'm really glad you're here tonight. Mm. And I was like, oh, okay, whatever. So we did our whole, like, games. I had fun. And then we sat down for this Bible study. And Larry, once again, just kept looking at me. And I was like, can this guy get off my back? Uh, Larry. But, <laughs> but he was like, today we're going to talk about Genesis 3, mm-hmm. which is the fall. Mm-hmm. And I was like, here we go. Mm-hmm. Because I was like, this is something I was struggling with, feeling like God just, like, lets us down. And... this is kind of where it all started Mm -hmm. like that was my view and so we read the scripture and Larry just looks around at us and smiles and he goes so who has a problem with that and I was like "Mm." and immediately this guy in the group who was an atheist Mm. spoke up and he was so angry and at first I was like yeah but then he started saying this stuff and I just felt like my heart was 
turning and I was like oh no because he was saying you know well God is just pig-headed and he's selfish and he just does things for himself and he Mm -hmm. he put the tree in the garden on purpose because he knew Adam and Eve would like eat from it and he like is malicious and was just like doing all these accusing things and I remember Larry was just looking at me the whole time this guy was talking and I'm sweating because I feel so compelled to speak and I'm holding it down I'm holding I'm trying to quench the Holy Spirit and then finally I spoke up and I like didn't even know what I was saying but I was like you're wrong and I was like, God isn't that way. Mm. God is loving. I know he's not that way. And I just like went, and I can't for the life of me remember what I said. But it was in that moment where I realized all this anger I was holding, like, I didn't even believe it. Like, I knew that God loved me and cared for me and that he didn't ever abandon me. Mm. And I was like, I don't under. And that was really that night when I was like, I don't understand why everything happened the way it happened. Mm. But... I have to hold on to God because he's all I've got. Yeah. That's actually one of the number one complaints I hear from people that are atheists is that God is just so mean. Mm. That's the, the Christian God is so mean. Why does he let all these you know bad things happen to people? Why did he let us fall? Which right. that is a whole theological discussion yep. that we can get <laughs> into in a different episode. But it's just, you know, I think we all go through that very similar thing with God yeah why'd you let this happen why are you this almost yeah like you're just mean Mm -hmm. (laughs) and it's just so beautiful that the Holy Spirit kind of convicted you in that moment that no actually God is with us in our suffering although we might not understand our suffering does have meaning and it's an opportunity to grow closer to him and he's in us with it he's not just leaving us there and making us go through right this stuff he's with us in it he's suffering with us and he wants to be close to us and for the first time I started seeing God as not this like cold person who's just kind of watching me go through all this pain but that he was someone who had emotions like I did in Mm. fact even more intensely Mm -hmm. and that was something that Larry really helped me come to terms with was Mm. that when I was really hurting like every pain that I was feeling God was feeling but at a God level (laughs) and that he was weeping with me when I wept and Mm. was hurting with me when I hurt and he was even angry at injustice when I was angry at what was being happening to my family um and so he wasn't just cold and looking at me and being like sorry you have to go through this he was right alongside me feeling all that pain and that helped me so much um yeah and it really helped me when the church hurt um in the church discipline got worse um because so Basically, it was supposed to only be three months, but then my pastor died. (laughs) And so he died, Mm -hmm. and my family was kind of like, so now what? And we were essentially told that because he was the one who placed us under church discipline, they couldn't take us off church discipline because he was dead. And so we would just be always under church discipline. And at this point, like, we were just so, I just felt we were so beat up that my family finally decided that what was healthiest for our family um, was that we leave. Mm. And that's not a decision we took lightly. Like, this was years. But we decided to leave and go to a different church. And that was just, once again, I think the only actually way I survived going through that was because I was so involved with Youth for Christ. And I had this community and I had these Christians who were showing me that 
there were Christians who were loving and compassionate and Mm -hmm. faithful. And because I had that, it didn't affect me in the same way it did previously, but it was still really hard. And I just finally decided, you know what? Youth for Christ is where it's at. Like this, like just group of people who are here for Jesus. Like the church sucks. The church is filled with people who are crappy. So I'm just not going to go to church. Like that just is awful. But I was only 17, so you kind of have to do what your family's doing. (laughs) My parents did decide to start going to another church, and I was so reluctant because I was like, I'm just so over this. I've been through it. I can't do a church anymore. So I was very just like reluctantly going. Um, But there was a youth group at this church. So even though I was like a senior in high school at this point, I was like, okay, I'll go to some youth events, whatever. And they had a like a senior retreat thing. So I went on this retreat and I remember that it was around this time that I felt like God was calling me to ministry and I was Mm. like what the heck God you already did this Mm. and when I obeyed you you failed me like you can't do this to me it was like the furthest from what I wanted I had all these plans of what I was going to do with my life I was going to go to cosmetology school and do hair and makeup. I was into photography. I loved writing. I already had schools picked out. I was like, no, I already have my life planned out. Like, I don't need this. Um, But God is relentless and he Mm -hmm. doesn't let us just do whatever we want. Mm -hmm. So I was in just turmoil because I was feeling that God was calling me to ministry. I was resisting. I was attempting to quench the Holy Spirit. And that's like where I was at when I go on this retreat and like, I just immediately getting to this retreat, which was like out in the middle of nowhere um, in this cabin campground area, just felt like, crap, God is like here and the Holy Spirit is here. And I just don't know if I can escape this. And everything (laughs) about that weekend was like the topic was about spiritual laziness Mm -hmm. and about you know, resisting God's calling. And I'm like, oh no, like what? Like they're calling me out. Nobody even knows because I haven't told anyone. Um, and it was just hard for me because the idea of ministry or church ministry especially was so triggering. Mm-hmm. And so to feel like God was calling me to that, I was like convicted because I knew I was like wrong for resisting because everything I've been taught was like, no, don't resist the Holy Spirit. But I was like, God, how can you call me to something that triggers me? Like, I thought you loved me. <laughs> so I was just, like, in such turmoil. So, yeah. Um, at one point, I don't know if you could tell, but my youth pastor was just like, hey, Megan, I just feel like you need to go on a walk. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I do. He's like, I really just think you need to, like, go off away from everyone with your Bible and your journal and just spend some time with God. And I was like, fine. So I did. And I actually have my journal with me. Um, and I can read like a little bit of what I was just writing at that time Mm. because I just spent a ton of time in prayer and I was like okay God fine like I can't run from you anymore I can't resist this Um, but just so you know I hate it and I don't want to hate it and so I was reading Psalm 37 verses 3 through 5 which is trust in the Lord and do good Dwell in the land and befriend faithfulness. Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord, trust in him, and he will act. And what really jumped out to me was that whole delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Mm. Because I was realizing that verse isn't saying, like, 
oh, if you become a Christian, God will give you everything you want. Mm. What that was saying was when you become a Christian, God transforms your heart to want what he wants. Mm -hmm. And that's what I was feeling was, God, you want this for me. You want me to be in ministry and serve you vocationally. And I don't, that is not my desire. My heart does not want that. Um, And so I wrote... God, I haven't heard a clear call from you to a specific thing, but I have felt you leading me. Help my unbelief so that I stop waiting around and do something. What a blessing that you work through us. Please work through me. Mold me into a vessel of use. Remind me to use my few years on earth to get dirty for you. Give me a faith so strong that I boldly serve you even when things are unclear. And what I was really, really just like praying for was that he would change the desires of my heart. And so I was finally accepting. I was like, okay, God, I'll commit to you. I'll commit to the church, more importantly, and I'll commit to going to ministry. Um, But I don't like it. I don't Mm. want to. And I need you to change that. Like, that's your part. My part is obeying you. Your part is please change the desires of my heart to be your desires. And it was interesting because I just had so much peace after that. And I went back to the retreat. And that night when they were doing worship, one of the missionaries there that was leading the retreat came up to me. And she was like, I just feel like God has been telling me to give you this. And she just gave me this little piece of paper. And it had a quote on it from a woman named um, Katie Davis. And she wrote the book Kisses from Katie. So basically this woman felt called to just like radically live a life um, as a missionary and adopting all these children and it's an incredible story you should definitely read it but this quote was from her book and I can't remember the exact quote and I was trying to find it (laughs) I can't Um, but it was her saying this isn't the life I wanted or chose for myself and that just like jumped out to me because I was like oh my goodness like but it was so encouraging because she was talking about the beauty of following Jesus and mm. what he does in your life and through you when you just surrender to him. Mm. And I felt like that was such a God moment of he knew I was in such turmoil and he was rewarding me. He was saying, good, you are being faithful. You are willing to obey me. And it was kind of his way of saying, I'll do what you asked. Mm-hmm. I will change your desires. So, so yeah. That's one of the, the you know, the main parts of the Christian life is following Jesus. And when our own desires are not in line with what Jesus is calling us to, it's so difficult. But we, you know, we have to trust that God knows better than we do. And if we surrender mm-hmm. to him, he will allow our desires to be in line with his and he will fulfill us and make us happy. So when he's calling us to something that seems scary, that seems... Like, it's just not going to make us happy It's mm-hmm. or give us the joy and peace that we, we all seek. It's just stepping in knowing that, you know, Jesus is who he says he is, and he will fulfill us and give us the joy and peace um, that he promises and what he's calling us to, and we don't have to be afraid. Yep. But that's so scary when we don't know, when we don't understand, mm-hmm. when we haven't taken that step yet. Yep. Yeah, and I think for me, I'm such like an impatient, action-oriented person. So when I made that decision, like, okay, God, I'll follow you. And mm-hmm. for me, a big part of that was applying to Moody Bible Institute, which mm-hmm. is a ministry school. And I was like, okay, I'll go there. I'll be trained for ministry. I'll dedicate my life to this. Um, and I kind of thought, 
cool god is gonna just like immediately flip a switch and my heart will be changed and no it was so gradual and that made me so frustrated because <laughs> i had to be patient and had to know that this was slow it was a slow change it was a slow turn of my heart to go from hating this to loving it and i think mm. that was one of the most powerful things about my experience at bible school was just watching that change in me from a freshman who was like why am i here I don't want to do this Mm -hmm. to leaving as a senior and just being so in love with Jesus, so in love with his church, so in love with the calling on my life to serve him in ministry. And that's not to say that if you're not like in vocational ministry, you're not serving Jesus, but it was just specifically in this way of like my jobs from here on out will be in ministry was just so it was really cool um and through my time at moody it was just a very transformational time of just re-evaluating a lot of my beliefs i had in regards to doctrines um just really taking a, a different perspective and a different different look at the way i had been brought up to think um and different just beliefs i had and i just began to realize and finally be able to process how toxic (laughs) A lot of the community had been that I grew up in um, and I just really felt like I came to my own faith that it wasn't my parents faith um, not that their faith is bad or something but it was finally my own relationship with God mm-hmm. I wasn't leaning on anyone else it was no I have my own personal walk with God and I feel like it's just so much more developed and you know I was able to look at that faith I had when I was a child that was so so much trust and look at that and say that was beautiful but here I am now and my faith is a lot more knowledge and I know God better and I have more experience of him and to appreciate that and to love that and just to love where he has taken me um and also just to be able to process and that was actually something I was talking to my mentor about um before recording this episode was it was honestly really healing for me just to outline this because I was able to look and be like, wow, <laughs> God has taken me through a lot and he's mm-hmm. never abandoned me. Mm-hmm. He's been there every step and look what he's done and and look how far I've come mm-hmm. and how mature my faith is now and how like different struggles I had when I was a teenager, I don't have anymore. Yeah. I have different struggles now, but it's just so cool to see how God has been faithful sure well thank you so much for what a beautiful story Megan thank you so much for sharing and being so vulnerable about you know what you've gone through especially with church hurt which is um, just so difficult yeah when that community that we rely on to help us grow in our faith disappoints us yeah but how (laughs) God stayed with you through all of that and you know brought you out of the end of it and now you are you know dedicated to his church and still in the church and it's just a beautiful story and Mm so yeah do you have any final thoughts or encouragement some things that you would really like to hone in on that you learned from your journey you would like to encourage our listeners with yeah um I think I would just start by saying that church hurt is real um and and I see a lot of people who have who um are deconstructing their faith I think is like the popular term now people kind of walking away and saying I don't think I'm a Christian anymore or apostatizing a lot of them cite 
church hurt as like the reason that they don't believe in God anymore. And that's something that I think we need to address more often Mm. and really um, be honest about. And I would just say, if you're one of those people who were really hurt by their church, I hope you hear this and you know that that doesn't have to be the end of your story. That just because you were really hurt by the church, you don't have to walk away from God. Um, That the church, and I'm saying that with a big C, as in the global church, Christ's body, is bigger than that church, that one church, that little C that hurt you. And that's what really helped me, was to know that I wasn't hurt by the church. I wasn't hurt by Christ's body as a whole. I was hurt by an individual church in my community that had some people who are also sinners saved by grace, who God is working on and working in, um, but they really hurt me, and they really shook my faith. But God, he's bigger than that. That doesn't thwart his plan. So that's one thing I would just really encourage you. um, Don't define Christianity based on your experience, which is really hard. I'm not trying to minimize anyone's experience, but if you have been really hurt by people who are Christians or who be people who say they are Christians, don't define Jesus in that way. Don't project God, um, those things. Um, God is not the worst Christian or the worst church you know. <laughs> He's our father. He loves us. He's our God. He's the ruler and creator of the world. He's so much bigger than that. And that was just something that was so healing for me to discover that God was so much bigger than my hurt, um, that that wasn't something that intimidated or scared him, but something he willingly took on, that he willingly opened his arms up to me and became my refuge and rock. Uh, One thing I really would just focus and meditate on was the Psalms. Anytime I had like really bad anxiety, I would just read the Psalms. And I loved how David so often is talking about people who hurt him, um, people in authority who hurt him. And he would end by just talking about that God was there and that God rescued him and that God was his refuge. And that really helped heal me to know Mm -hmm. that I wasn't the only one, that there are lots of people out there throughout history, (laughs) people in the Bible, people now, who are hurt by their church, who are hurt by people in authority, people they trust and think are there to teach them and help them grow in their faith, turn around and feels like they stab you in the back, and that that didn't mean that God didn't love me, or that God wasn't powerful, or that God wasn't there, um, and that that was actually reason to give praise to God. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I just hope that that encourages you, if that's part of your story or part of your struggle, that you have that specific area of hurt. Um, Because it's a little different than other areas of hurt. It kind of sticks a little deeper. Mm, For sure. Yeah, well, thank you so much, Megan, like I said before, for being so vulnerable and open about these topics that are Mm -hmm. really hard to talk about. Being hurt by our church, our doubts, you know, the messiest parts of our story. So I just, yeah, I encourage you to be open about your story and the ways that God has worked through even the worst situations in your life because it is inspiring Mm -hmm. and I just think that we should talk about it yes we should 